morning, friends. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, Lou. Good morning. Um, so today's the first time we're doing this via Skype. Yes. The <laughs> the drive uh, from my home to the studio where Lou is uh, was quite a long one. And as the winter comes and the roads get icy and snow, uh, snowy, I thought that it's probably safer for me to start experimenting with doing this from home. What do you think, Lou? I think this is going to work out great. Okay. Only problem is uh, I don't think the viewers can see you this way, right? Oh, I'm on the screen, yes. A, oh, you're on the A different good. shot than you're seeing, but yes, I'm on the screen, yes. All right, good, good, good. Yep. All right, so friends, we're going to do today uh, the last few qualities of the uh, 35 qualities of a bhakta or a devotee or a spiritual seeker. And today we're going to start with the 28th quality, which is entirely free from attachment. So what does attachment mean? An attachment basically means that the person, you, me, is feeling very close to and bound with, bound to uh, the object that one is attached to. So as a child, just as an example, uh, Gautam Jain uh, taught us, and by, by the way, all of these uh, items that I'm going to be talking about today is something I have learned myself from maybe 10, 12 years of uh, listening to Gautam Ji's lectures on a daily basis every day so that I know his words by heart almost. Uh, and I have to thank him for this. Um, so, and I'm passing it on to you, as he said, was my duty that I ought to do this. To Excellent. get other people to listen to this. And we um, had Gotham Jane on an earlier episode, so if you want to go back in the archives and look for the earlier episodes, we did an interview with him as well. Yes, and if you want to look him up on the computer, uh, his first name is spelled just like Gautam Buddha, G-A-U-T-A-M. Last name is Jain, J-A-I-N. And his uh, teacher, guru, is Swami Parthasarthi, which you'll find when you look him look up uh, Gautam Jain on the website. Um so the 28th quality is free from attachment, and the example Dr. Gautam Jain gives about uh, attachment is one that is simple to understand, which is t children and their toys. I remember when I was a kid, uh, I was attached to comics. I loved comic books. I grew up in India, and there were comic books that came over from the United States, and I would love reading them, looking at the car uh, cartoons, the pictures, and I had tons and tons of them, and I thought to myself, this is so good. I will <laughs> never give these up. What was your <laughs> favorite? Laughing, what was your favorite, Doctor? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if I had one favorite. I had liked all the Marvel comics. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I like the, you know, Tom and Jerry, Donald Duck, uh, <laughs> those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, but it brings up a good point that as I got older, my favorites shifted. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's basically what I'm that Gautam Jain taught us, that your attachments shift as you get older. So initially, it might have been something very childish. And then as I grow older, you know, my attachments from there shifted to um, the superheroes and stuff like that. And at that time, if you said to me that, you know, there will come a time where these comic books won't seem as appealing and attractive to you, I would have said, you're crazy. Right. I'm going to be in love with these forever. <laughs> I'll be attached to these comic books forever. Then came a bicycle. Then came other things, you know. Uh, and as one grows older, I don't need to give you examples of that. One starts to get attached to higher and higher things. So first the body 
gets attached to things. You know, when you're a child, when right. you're an infant, you're attached to your mother, the warmth, the milk, uh, etc. Then your toys. Then comes the mind, which is all emotions, including uh, emotions of love and, uh, you know, the, the fond feelings towards each other. And then comes the intellect, which is more knowledge which is you want, you're attached to knowledge, you're attached to things that go along with it, fame and uh, praise and censure, etc. Right. So the main thing that this um, teaches us is that we should free, be free from those attachments. So it's easier said than done. How do you get free from attachments? You can't say, well, I'm not going to look at my comic books anymore. You just get frustrated. Mm -hmm. And that, by the way, is a topic for another discussion at <laughs> another time, where so many of the clergy of religions basically are told that they should be free of attachment, so they shouldn't be uh, this or that. And it just leads to inner frustration. When you force somebody to be not attached to something that they really are internally attached to, it just gets them frustrated and it comes out in different ways. I think most people will understand what I'm referring to here. Yes. And um, that that's something that needs an outlet. So if you have an outlet, you have something, if you have an attachment, the only way to get rid of it is to get attached to something higher. So when you're attached to the comic books, once you get a shiny new bike, your <laughs> attachment to the comic books yeah. drops off. When you get a girlfriend, your attachment to the bicycle drops off. When you get to be famous and, and you see the scent of money, perhaps the attachment to other things drops off. But when you get attached to something higher on a spiritual level, when you see that there is seeking from the Atman, when you can get attached to that, and the attachment to seeking more spirituality comes about, then a lot of this else drops off. So that's the 28th quality. Mm -hmm. The 29th quality is to whom censure and praise are equal. So censorship is criticism, putting something somebody down, versus praise, which is the exact opposite. People say, oh, you're the best, you're great, etc. And a spiritual person has firm conviction in whatever it is that he's doing. Right. So he does it because he thinks this is what he ought to do. There's a firm understanding of what he has to do. And he thinks this is what I ought to do. I'm going to do it. It doesn't matter what others think of me. It's okay. Whatever they say. All the time you need others to tell you what you're doing is right. That's what we all need. Right. Right? Somebody yeah. else has to say, wow, you, what you're doing is great. Otherwise, if you don't get that, you say, well, I don't want to do it because I don't get the appreciation from others. What you're looking for all the time, when I say you, I mean all of us, is appreciation and praise from others. Um, but to the bhakta, the true bhakta, the true spiritual seeker, censure, uh, and praise are both equal. So Gautam Jain gave us the story of the Chinese philosopher who thousands of years ago, just a parable, just a story mm -hmm. in the Chinese literature, uh, lived up in, the, in a village up in the mountains in India, China. And all he did was service to the community as a bhakta would. He was a very spiritual person. Every morning he'd get up, he'd go down to the village, which was nearby. He lived in the mountains. And he would come down and just do service for others without asking for anything. Very short of speech, 
didn't say anything. All he would say is, is that so? Is that so? <laughs> is, that is that so? so? Yes. So um, he would come and everybody kept praising him and praising him. You're the best. You do so much. You help me so much. And anytime somebody praised him, he would just say, is that so? <laughs> oh, you're the best. Is that so? So one, there was also a huge landlord over there, somebody that was very rich, very powerful, and he was a womanizer. And one of those days that he was uh, having his uh, relationship with a young woman from the village, a single unmarried woman, uh, she got pregnant. And when she got pregnant from this rich landlord, he said, you cannot tell anybody or I will do certain bad things to you, kill you, get rid of you, etc." He says, she said, what am I supposed to do? And he said, why don't you blame it on this uh, spiritual bhakta oh. who comes down here? He doesn't say anything. He just says, this, is that so? Yeah. So <laughs> he says, you did it. He's not going to say anything. Yep. He'll just say, is that so? So she started telling the villagers that he got her pregnant. And they started saying bad things to him, saying, you know, we thought you're such a spiritual person. Look at these bad things that you did. You got yeah. this woman pregnant. He just said, is that so? And they said, now your punishment is you're going to take her to your hut, wherever you live, and you're going to take care of her because it was your fault. So he took her there, didn't criticize, didn't say anything, just took her to his hut and took very good care of her. And after a long time of doing this, the woman felt very guilty that here's such a nice man, such a holy man, didn't complain, didn't take it out on her, didn't get mad at her for doing this, was just accepting everything. She felt so guilty, she went down to the village and confessed. She said, I told a lie. It wasn't this man. It was that rich landlord who did this to me. Whereupon, the villagers ran back to this man and said, oh, we're so sorry. We, you're actually even greater than we said initially because you accepted all this criticism without complaint. You are the best. And all he said was, is that so? Is that so? Yeah. So that was Gautam Jain's way of telling us that you know, a person who is a spiritual seeker essentially says he accepts censure and praise equally. And that's a great way to go through life where you don't defend yourself against every attack. You don't jump up and down with the praise of somebody else. You just think that you set a goal for yourself. This is my duty. This is what I ought to do. And then you get pleasure from doing that. So that was the 29th quality. And the 30th quality is Maomi, which m means silent. Maoni is silent. Maoni silence does not mean not speaking or don't speak. Silence does not refer to that. There are some religious people who say, you know, for the next one year, I'm not going to speak. Right. But they sit there and they take paper and pencil when you go to visit them and they write down everything that they want to say. That <laughs> yeah. doesn't help. Yeah. So many people say, today's my day of silence, but they will communicate by pointing to things. And it, it just means, like, just like the example I was giving before, uh, that these people are going to be frustrated internally because, what do you mean you can't understand? I'm pointing to that. That's right. what I want. Yes. Um, so the silence really refers to the noise inside one's head, one's being, yes. from the desires. So to give an example, think to yourself, when you want something really bad, um, take an example of um, having to go to the bathroom, right? Yeah. You have to go to the bathroom, you have your bladder is full, and all you can think of at that time is, I need to go to the bathroom, where's the bathroom? 
Your mind is cluttered. It cannot think of anything else. It's screaming out for a bathroom. Right. That's the noise inside. Or another example is somebody who craves a cup of coffee in the morning mm -hmm. or a cigarette. Yes. I mean, I've never smoked, so I don't know that. But yes, I drink tea in the morning. And when I wake up, if I don't get my tea, my mind, my body says, tea, 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 coffee, coffee, coffee. And that noise is actually quite disturbing. When you have your first sip or few sips of the tea and your mind says, ah, that's so good. Yeah. What happens? The noise goes away. There's peace within your mind. Right. There's silence. That silence is what this 30th quality refers to. The silence is no desires. Essentially, desires within a mind cause noise. And the absence of that noise denotes uh, no desires. And it goes back so, to what you were talking about, about not suppressing them. It's about learning how to deal with them, right? This is a practice of finding more and more silence. Yes. It's a practice of finding more and more silence by reducing your desires gradually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you could be physically silent, but the mind is still running after the world. If that's the case, it doesn't work. You've got to get rid of that mind running after the world all the time. Mm -hmm. And the one way to do that is to strengthen your intellect by gaining this knowledge. It's a simple thing to do. All you have to do is to read, listen, contemplate on these things that the Gita, our forefathers, have left for us. So the person who is a spiritual person, a bhakta, his thoughts are on the higher. Therefore, there's no craving no obsession at the thought of the world. In that respect, there's no obsession for the world, power, fame, money, etc. And so there's silence in his mind. I mean, ultimately, those people who live up in the Himalayas and are just doing meditation all the time, you can imagine either they are sitting up there saying, oh my God, I was, wish I was down in my village having a nice <laughs> meal, yeah. having all those desires, or they're sitting there in total bliss with no desires at all. So quality number 31 is content with anything, hmm. content with anything or content with everything. So the um, spiritual person is content with everything and anything that he experiences or nothing that he experiences and gets satisfaction from all of that. Why? How? Because he's attached to his self. That's all it is. And he carries that around with him. That's him, the Atman inside him is attached to something higher than him and as we said before when you attach to something higher than yourself the lower drops off why does it drop off because there's no value for it anymore the value for right. anything lower goes when you're seeking something higher or spiritual the higher craving gives rise to superior bliss far superior satisfaction than the satisfaction that one seeks or gets from wealth or power or fame. And that's something that we talked about when we talked about um, um, wealth fatigue or getting more yes. and more and more money. You know, you still feel that there's not enough. Um, when you gain knowledge of the higher, as we're doing now, just by reflecting on what the Gita teaches us, um, you will go up one rung on the ladder of spiritual seeking. One rung, that's all it takes. Every rung, you get better. You'll see the difference within yourself as I've seen within myself. People don't invite you to a party. In the past, you might have said, oh, that bothers me. 
you say, oh, I can go shopping, I can buy this, I can buy that. All those petty desires for shopping, parties, invitations, he said this about me, she said that about me, all of that just drops off. Um, content with anything also refers to your actions. This is an important one for most people to realize that most of us do our actions with the focus being on the fruit that comes out of it. Mm -hmm. The say, whatever you're doing, you say, well, what am I going to get from it? And that's not the right way of doing it. The Gita teaches us that our focus should be on doing what we're doing, not on what am I getting out of it. So whatever you do, do it because you ought to do it, not because you want a certain result. If you're a doctor, your your goal should be to help people, to get them to feel better, not how much money can I get from this. If you're a teacher or a businessman, you do this for the right reasons because you ought to do it. Um, if you're a mother or a father, you have a child, you want to take care of the child to the best of your ability as he or she, your child should be taken care of without having to worry about what the child is going to turn out like. He's going to turn out, the, she's going to turn out just the way his or her vasanas require them to turn out. Each one of us comes to this world with our own vasanas. You cannot determine how that child is going to turn out. A saint could raise a child as best as he could and the person could turn out to be a terrorist and vice versa. Yes. A terrorist child could be a saint not because of what you've done, but because those are the vasanas with he's, which he's born. Generally not because the person that has those kind of vasanas wouldn't be born to that kind. But I'm just giving you an extreme example. Right. Um, so quality number 32 is aniketa, which means homeless, without a home. People may misunderstand that to say, well, that means I've got to go live in the Himalayas in a cave. <laughs> right. That's not homelessness because under those circumstances, even a cave becomes one's home. So it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a home. All of us have to have a home. What it refers to is to not be possessive, and home is just a symbol for all possessions, not to be possessive about your possessions. Yeah, attachment to your home. Do, or anything, yeah. attachment to anything, not right. just your home, that's just a symbol over here, is to be not attached or not possessive towards your possessions. So you could be in live, staying in a very fancy five-star hotel and a beautiful room, but it's not yours. Are you possessive about that room? No. No. You're possessive about the TV there. You say, wow, what a great TV, nice sheets, silky sheets. I don't even have this in my home. But you're not bothered if you accidentally spill a cup of coffee right. on the bed sheet. You say, At home, you'd be kicking yourself. <laughs> Over here, say, mm, I'll just call them and say, oh, sorry, I spilled this. Uh, and they'll just send me a new bed sheet right away. Right. You're not possessive about that. The TV gets broken. You say, eh, call them up, say, change my room or get me a different TV. So you could live in a cave in the Himalayas, and that's your home. You have to have dispossessiveness towards your possessions, because you can only enjoy your possessions if you're not attached to them. That's a key. You cannot enjoy your possessions or the world if you're attached to it, right. for two reasons. If you're attached to your car, for example, and it goes through a pothole, you 
feel sad, you feel anxious, you feel upset. If you're not attached to the car, the same car that you rented from Hertz, mm -hmm. Avis, goes through a pothole, you don't feel the same way as you would if this were your car, because it's you're not attached to it. Right. There's no mental bondage. So same thing with your house, your kids. Don't be attached to them. Just do your duty without being attached to this. You don't worry about what the kids are doing in your house, making a mess, etc. When you're attached to the attached to the level to the extent that you're attached to that level, you're not spiritual. If you're spiritual, you're a hundred percent not attached to these things. If you're attached Even, to something, you're putting it above you, aren't you? Your happiness you're is dependent on You're actually binding it to yourself. Yeah. You're 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 making that your everything. Right. So you know, somebody's attached to his or her children, he or she is bound to those children and their happiness becomes your happiness. But in essence, if you do what you ought to do and they're happy and you're happy, that's fine. But if you're attached to money, to power, you know, imagine that you're attached to food, you're attached to money. You cannot enjoy it unless it dissipates in quantity, right? Does that make sense? Yes. So if you've got a beautiful cake in front of you, unless you eat it, you can't get the pleasure. But once you eat it, you don't have it. Right. That's why the saying, you can have your cake, but you can't eat it. You can eat your cake, but you can't have it. <laughs> but, you know, you want your cake and you want to eat it too. So attachment and appreciation are two different things. Two different things. It, to enjoy money, you have to spend it. Yes. Right? You can have all the money in the world. But to enjoy that money, you've got to spend it. Right. Money in and of itself gives you nothing. Um, so it has to leave you the money in order to enjoy it. And remember we talked at an earlier session about Janaka, King Janaka, yes. who was very wealthy, and Sudama, who was Krishna's friend, who had no money, didn't even have a home, had no possessions. In the scriptures, they're both referred to as aniket. Aniket means homeless. Mm. Now, it may apply to Sudama because he was homeless, right. didn't have a home, but it doesn't apply to Janaka because he had tremendous wealth. He had a palace. So, but they were called Aniket because they had no possessiveness towards their possessions. Um, so it doesn't matter to them what they have or don't have. That's basically Aniket is dispossessiveness towards their possessions. Right. The next three qualities, the quality number 33, that's a third from the last, steady-minded. Now, in the scriptures, the mind is referred to as a rat or a rodent or a mouse. Mm -hmm. Remember, we talked yes. in one of our early things that the mouse is sitting at the feet of Ganesh with his hands folded, and that's the mind. We said the mind uh, symbolically is referred, is symbolized by the rat or mouse. And it's also, in other parts of the scriptures, referred to as a monkey. Yes. Why, why is it referred to as a monkey? Because monkeys, if you notice, they never sit perfectly still. If they're sitting on a branch, they're either moving from side to side mm -hmm. in the same spot, or they're jumping from one branch to the next. So... These uh, Hindi Sanskrit words for it is chanchala and asthir. So sthir and uh, asthir and chanchal refers to being restless 
and constantly movement, unsteady. Um, and that's how our mind is. It's fickle, it rambles, it goes yes. from one thing to the next. A spiritual person doesn't have that. His mind is under his control of his intellect and it's fixated on what he ought to do, or what is necessary, and it has one pointedness, whereas others, there's directionless. The mind just keeps going from one through the other, and through meditation, all of us can achieve that. And the next quality, number 34, is endued with shraddha, or faith. Now, shraddha is a word that Gautam Jain spent a lot of time explaining to us, that it's not just faith, it means much more than just faith. It is a capacity to reflect, to study, to understand, to imbibe, to take in and absorb into your personality what you're learning. Until you transform yourself and live these values to go to the very end. Mm -hmm. So this is quality number 34, which is the second last quality. What the Gita is saying is you have to follow these 35 qualities with that kind of shraddha that kind of ultimate determination that you're going to live it till you become it. Right. You, you know, you can be at level zero where you don't know any of this and you're just a completely novice, uh, complete novice in this, or you can even get to level one or level two where we are, most of us, and you say, at this level even, I am going to continue to strive to get to a higher level because every rung that you achieve, there's a major impact and change in your personality and your uh, way of dealing with life. And the last one, quality number 35, is regarding me as supreme. So the me here, as Krishna says it, is with a capital M, regarding regarding me as supreme mm -hmm. means you're giving everything in full devotion and faith to the Atman within you. This is you. This is me. We all are Atman. It's, it, we're not Lou and we're not right. somebody else, name, Harry, Joe. This is, we are all the Atman. We just have different bodies for this life. Next life, we'll have a different body. And if we regard the Atman, the Brahman as supreme, we know that ultimately we will become that. And that helps us to get to the next level. So, friends, these are the 35 qualities. As we said right in the beginning, when we started these, <clears throat> you don't have to get all 35 qualities. All you do is focus on even one mm -hmm. that appeals to you. If you start working on that one quality, the other qualities basically follow. Yeah, because you um, learn the tools to to serve that quality. You learn the tools to s become that quality, mm -hmm. to serve that quality, to learn that quality for yourself. And as you learn those tools, the other ones become easier for you. Right. And each one, I, I, I sent out a WhatsApp message to some of my family and said, you know, which one? And I thought many of them would choose similar ones. Everybody has a different quality that they, they, they feel is easier for them to accomplish or that they need to work on. I know for myself, I think I spoke about the first one. I found that very appealing to me, uh, which was hate no being. Hmm. You know, uh, before that, I used to eat 
uh, a lot of stuff that I shouldn't be eating. <laughs> I, I, I've given that up because it doesn't refer only to human beings. It refers to all beings. You cannot hate any being living that is not even a human being, animals, birds, um, reptiles, insects. You've got to not hate any of those beings. I found that an one of the ones that I needed to work on and I felt that I could work on it. Uh, I'm far from there, but I am definitely uh, much better than I was when I first took it up. The other ones that I found personally helpful was uh, 13 and 14, where you say, uh, where the Gita says, um, a, a person who does not agitate others. And I try my best when I think that I want something, I say it's going to agitate the other person. Let me control that desire on my part. Don't want to agitate the other person. Not that it, I can do it all the time. Right. Far from it. But I am up one level, one rung from where I used to be, and I'm much, much better than I used to be with that. Which quality is your current project? Which is the one you've taken on most recently? Well, I still am working on those three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't taken on any new ones right. because the third quality that I'm working on is not to be agitated by the world. Yeah, amen, when brother. somebody <laughs> else doesn't fulfill my needs, right. instead of getting agitated, I try and control that and try and understand that these people are all helpless victims of their own vasanas, and so I'm not going to let it affect me. Those are the three qualities I'm still working on. But on the periphery, I'm working on all the others. Sure. So that's it, friends. Um, please do respond to any with any questions, comments uh, on Facebook or however you want to get to me. Lou, maybe you can advise. You know better. Yep. In our archives, I want you to make sure you can all go back and see all 35 qualities of a spiritual person so you can review these and uh, get your list and get acquainted with all of them and see the rest of these podcasts as well. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week.